0: Welcome to the DataWork Podcast. My name is Kurt Storing, your host and the founder of DataWork. Today, I talked to Chris Plord. This was an excellent conversation that really fired me up inside. I was feeling energetic after this conversation. And that's super interesting because honestly, I had only met Chris recently. We got connected on one of the social platforms and started talking and it's like, man, this guy has definitely got some great stuff to say. And, and he killed it. He really, really killed it. We go deep talking about exploring your own judgments and defensiveness, the importance of men's groups in Chris's life, the shift that happens when you start to accept that things happen for you, not to you therapy as a mental fitness for your brain, letting go of shame and guilt, Digging beneath the anger to get to the buried emotions. Breathwork is a healing tool. Developing forgiveness and gratitude for your own parents. The difference between raising boys and girls. Chris's experience as a conscious father leading a teenage son, including big talks around things like consent. And why action is the necessary ingredient to change your life. Chris Plord is a Los Angeles-based conscious performance coach, consultant, speaker, mind-body, breathwork, meditation instructor with over 23 years of experience. Chris has traveled both nationally and internationally speaking and educating on the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of wellness and life. He has created, presented, and coached hundreds of retreats and workshops for a variety of well-known companies and organizations such as Walt Disney, Equinox, YPO, Chapters, Tender Greens, Enterprise Car Rental, Xerox, Worldwide Produce, Lululemon, Twitter, Explore.org, and many more. Chris has mentored and consulted with celebrities, business executives, top fitness professionals, and military special ops personnel. As a former chief executive with men's teams and organizations, he has mentored many men to find their authentic self and create leadership qualities which they could bring into their families, communities, and businesses. Chris has two amazing kids, nine and 15 years old, and a solid loving relationship with his wife of 16 years. He owes his happy marriage to open, clear communication and the balance between masculine and feminine. He loves working with couples to clarify and strengthen their own relationships. And Chris's goal is to help individuals and organizations gain clarity and work toward what they want in life, create new habits and get into massive action by unleashing the greatness that is already there and owning their unique stories. To learn more about Chris, you can check him out on his website, chrisplord.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-P-L-O-U-R-D-E.com. On Instagram, you can find him at Coach coachchrisplord, same spelling with coach in the front. Without further ado, this one fired me up and it's just a great, honest, vulnerable conversation. Let's get into the conversation with Chris. <laughs> Well, Chris Plort, thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming on. And uh, like I said just before this, you and I have this connection, which just established today for me with my last guest, Adam Brewer. So I love that there's like this synchronicity forming here, and I'm super pumped to have you on. So welcome, and thank you.
1: Right on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I love your yeah, brand I- and what you're doing for, for dads and men, and you know... What, what we get to share with each other we are we're not in this alone <laughs> so,
0: yeah oh man that's such yeah. a good good place to start actually not doing this alone mm-hmm. and that's what i love with all the groups i'm a part of and the communities is like you can go really far alone and i like i think i'm pretty badass at doing stuff alone but man was it ever different when i joined groups when i started yeah. talking to other men it's like man it's like supercharging it uh is that something that you've experienced too just like doing the work oh my with other god men?
1: Yeah, I was told when I joined my men's team 12, organization 12 years ago, it was like you you're a do it yourself motherfucker. Like like you like to do everything. That's what they there's an actual label for that, but I thought I could take on the world by myself and do everything and I would just overwhelm myself uh, all the time and burn out because it was just I wanted to take on and go in the fast lane all the time. And I realized, you know, I don't have to do it alone. I got other people, community that, that I can rely on that, I, that, that are there for me and uh, as I
0: am for them. So, mm. yeah. yeah. What men's group are you part of or what men's organization?
1: So we had it, what it was called in Southern California. There's a, there's a bunch of different divisions. It was a part of um, Full Monty, which is now Men's Team International. Um, but I've worked with all of these men's organizations for about 12 years, um, through Southern California and through, I think Canada too was, um, um, why am I blanking? Uh, we were part of the, what, what is yours? The,
0: uh, the one that I'm a part of in my local, uh, community is called Samurai Brotherhood.
1: What's the bigger picture, the is there an over-umbrella? Uh, that's that?
0: that's the over-umbrella, and we've got sort of smaller Samurai. groups within that. Uh, there's uh-huh. also, like, Everyman and Mankind Project um, yep. and stuff like that. So I'm not Mankind. sure if you work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've so done the, okay, those
1: weekends. I've done Sterling Weekend, Full Spectrum, Sterling, Legacy, yeah, Discovery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I've you, been a part of
0: yeah. You've done all that men's work. That's amazing. Okay. Those are actually really good. Cause sometimes I struggle to go like, well, what are the local things? Right. Cause a lot of these groups are very local. And so some guys are like, well, I don't know where to go. And I'm like, you know, samurai, every man, mankind. So I'm glad that you gave a couple more, uh, just cause right. I'm always like, well, I don't know. And there's a lot of guys who listen, who are in California on the West coast. So, uh, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, I would love to actually start with your journey as a father. Um uh, yeah. you've got, you just said a teenager now and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an almost, what did you say? Nine-year-old daughter, nine-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. Nine-year-old girl. So, okay. So mm-hmm. I'm super interested in just like what that transition was like for you. And if it was like, Oh, this is, you know, pretty easy. I've done my work already. And this is just like learning how to be a father or for me, it was like, Oh no, I don't know anything yeah. and yeah. I'm really hurting. So what was that like for you to become a dad? Uh,
1: First of all, it just, it blew my heart wide open. Um, I was, we were with my wife, you know, she didn't know if she could get pregnant. Um, We literally had a conversation three days before we found out she was pregnant. Um, What if I can't have kids? What if this, what if that? She originally didn't want kids when we first met. And through time, it was just like this natural thing that occurred. And we had all the signs that she was pregnant. Um, But she took pregnancy tests that for some reason came back negative. And her, it, it, she, didn't, she didn't think she could get pregnant because she hadn't had her cycle for two years, literally. And then we went to the doctor thinking it was a fibroid because her mother and her sister both had them. And she was like, there's no way. And lo and behold, we're not only finding out we're pregnant, but we found out it was a boy and all this other stuff in the same day. And we're just like going from what are we going to do if we can't get pregnant to we're going to we are pregnant and it's going to be a boy. And we already had a name p- kind of picked out, Jake. And it was just like this mind blowing thing. And it, what an adventure. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the, 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 hello, <laughs> you're going to be a dad soon.
0: <laughs> so it's been, how did you navigate beautiful. that? Was that um, like, did it bring up things in you? Had you already been doing this sort of men's work? Where were you at? In no,
1: I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the men's organizations yet in teams, but um, we left the doctors, and the first stop we made was at the books, Barnes and Noble bookstore. How to like parenting book that we bought. It was like, what, okay, how are we going to do this? And we just kind of went with it. At first, I thought, let's go home. Let's let's move back to my home, which is in south of Boston. So we thought that that was the that was the way we got to be around family and which is, which is important for some. And, and that's our initial go-to, but all the signs were just like, no, you got to stay in Southern California. I can name dozens of different things that were just like, stay here. This is your home. Everything's going to be fine. And, um, I'll tell you, it was, it was one of those things of, of course you're scared. You're, um, you're, you're, but you're hopeful. You know what I mean? If you're leading with love, And you're just embracing this little thing, this little creature, this, this, this part of you, it just was like unbelievable. And I can remember seeing my wife hold my son for the first time, and not only did I see this beautiful being, but I looked at her and the way she looked at him, and I was just, I fell deeper in love with who she was as a woman. It was really just this, just heart-opening experience, unlike anything I've ever, ever had in my entire life, so... Wow!
0: Yeah, that is that's a beautiful perspective, and I I think that's encouraging for a lot of men to to think about that because often we get into this habit of you know we've got the kids now and it's all on the kids, but to see your wife your partner in this other um, it's almost like this maturation into motherhood that maybe comes more naturally because it's a physical process for the mother and we alongside that also have to go through our own transformation to be a father to show up. And so what is your, I guess, what are like the foundational aspects of the relationship that you have with your partner that have carried you into that to be able to see her and support her? Um, Is that, has that changed over the years or do you have this like foundational thing you
1: believe it's it's evolved but it's communication if when it comes down to it it's communication and truth you know of course we got we we had a beautiful first two and a half years of our relationship we we just got along so well we did we fight we bickered but we didn't really fight the fighting didn't really come along (laughs) so to speak we never gotten you know anything that we got close to separating but when we got in fights it was over you know, of course, you look at money, you look at parenting, how we parent, you know, the difference between a father, the difference between a mother, the the belief systems we had. But, you know, the the whole point is how truthful and how open can you be with your partner, right? When something's going on and you're, she's feeling a certain way, you know, it's not about fixing her. This is about, about being there for her and holding that space for her and saying, hey, Just let me know when you're ready to talk. And and then going into those hard conversations that you don't wanna have. You know, that has saved, that has been the not having that has been the destruction of so many marriages because people just don't know how to talk. They don't know how to talk to the or feel or express what they're feeling. So I think what it comes down to it is we made this commitment to ourselves that we're gonna do our inner work for us first and foremost, right? The, the, the looking at who we are, the, the, the feeling of our emotions getting vulnerable, getting, you know, uh, having the courage to, to go through those things and heal those things that kind of um, uh, impacted us in our past. And then how to re- rewire that way of being so that we can be not only the, the best versions of ourselves, but in that case, you're being the example to your kids and 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 becoming closer over the years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so good to see. Um, I was just talking to Adam before this actually about co-regulation and about how huh? our kids see what we do in certain situations to learn, not what we necessarily tell them, but how they watch us do this. And I want to get into doing the work. That's like a huge part of what I want to talk to you about. But first, my question is about um, how do you have those hard conversations? Like when there's something that comes up, and it's not this huge fight, like you said, but I'm talking about like your own body how do you create a container so that you as the husband as the man the partner don't react as um defensive for example because that's a huge problem i see is a lot of guys just won't go there because they know if their wife's like well you know here's what i'm feeling they're gonna be like oh well it wasn't me or like why did you do this or blame 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 so like can you maybe walk us through what it might look like for a man to go like hey here's a conversation i need to have not be triggered be with his body like what comes up for you
1: I think it's it's really looking at the context of it all is what what is the energy I'm putting off right if I'm constantly if we're in relationships and we're constantly blaming one another for for something they're doing well there's a judgment there that's going on right And, and the judgment is just an unresolved trigger right when we went through our training you know, our teacher used to put us in front of breathwork training in front of one another. If we had issues and go, OK, I want you to start this conversation with a judgment I have about you. That's really about me. And then state it and then go a judgment I have. It's about you. That's really about me. And then and they go back and forth. And it was like, holy shit, this is this is about me. This is not about the other person. They've already shown you who they are. Right. And when we can look at ourselves and go. What is it about me and how am I holding the space? Why am I getting defensive right now? What is that trigger getting lit up inside of me? Um, And and being able to communicate with that or take a step back from that hostile situation that you're in and go, all right, I'm going to step back for a second. Now, when everything has calmed down and our nervous system has gone back to, to normal, let's have that conversation about what just went on. Right, but it's starting with ourselves first, and I can't stress that enough because, you know, I coach so many different clients and and and, and couples that point the finger to uh, to the other person, and it's just it's 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 not the right thing to do. It's like how do I hold my context walking into a situation? Right, we teach this thing in the men's work. It's like. If you were to write a couple results before you go back into that house, if you were to walk out after a big argument and go, "What is the the results I want to have happen here?" Um, and state those as if they've already happened, um, I, I we we communicated clearly. We 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 talked about the issues. We 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 came to a re- an agreement about what this situation is with my kids, right? Expectations versus agreements. We can get into that in a little bit. But what from that, what is it that I want to hold? What is that energy? So loving husband, right? Or caring dad or, or something that when it starts to go awry, if it goes awry, that energy you hold is going to be something that you can turn back to and go inside and say, all right, back to that loving husband. Great, right? support. That's the context is everything and we have the ability to control that, right? And it takes work. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes practice time and time again, you know, and if you do blow up, which we always do, we still do, go back and have that conversation, you know, talk about what just happened, share what just happened for you. That's going to make all the difference in the world.
0: It sounds to me like a lot of this comes back to like really taking radical personal responsibility for, for everything, for your life, how you show up, because it's always, like you said, it's always about you. It's never about anyone else, you know, other people, when, when, when someone says, you know, you're making me angry, it's always like, well, you know, (laughs) the thing that happened that I did may have caused (laughs) you to react in anger. I didn't do anything. And so like taking that full on responsibility and that leads me into doing all this work. Uh, One of the things I saw on your bio was that you are an internal perspective shifter. And I was like, ooh, that's good because it's Mm -hmm. all about what's happening in our own heads, in our own experience, not about anyone else. And so what I would like to do is just get you to sort of define self-healing work And then maybe go through the whys, the fundamentals. And I'd like to ask afterwards just some, like, specific examples of practices or whatever. But can you maybe give guys a sense of, like, why and how to start doing this self-healing personal development type work uh, from that place of, like, radical responsibility?
1: Right. So thing we've been programmed... Probably before the age of 20, we've had different people influence in our lives, influence us in our lives, right? So we've had many situations that we've went through, some traumatic, um, some just overwhelming that caused us to, to internalize, to do things a certain way, right? And, and some of those things are absolutely horrific that you never want to wish on anybody your entire life, right? But the fact of the matter is these things happened, you grew up where you grew up, right? That situation that, that you went through that, 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 again, could have been so traumatic that you're still dealing with, you know, some people have PTSD from war. Some people, uh, you know, have, have been in these really abusive relationships, whatever the case may be. They happened. But there are some amazing lessons. If you really accept that that happened for me as opposed to to me, then our shift, our, the shift starts to happen. And how we get ourselves to look at those situations, we go, okay, what did I learn from the situation that I was in? This is the heart. This is, this is not easy to do. But what did I learn from the situation I, I was in? And what are the gifts that came out of that, right? example I use all the time is um, um, abuse, a client I have that has been abused, right, uh, mentally and, and emotionally, um, physically growing up. Right? And she ended up becoming and just completely shut down. You can't talk. You're, anything she did was just totally taken down. You know, alcoholic mother, abusive stepdad. And what she is now is one of the most incredible women, not only mother, but women that people just adore and embrace like I've never seen because she has that incredible compassion about her, that ability to listen because she wasn't listened to. Right? This, this warm heart that is just wants to give to the world because she's emerging out of something that, that was kept down for so long. So, can you look at that programming that has happened and ask yourself, does this programming still work for me from, to where I want to go now? Right? A lot of us are making decisions off of where we don't want to go, off of fear, off of, uh, uh, off of running from a certain place. As opposed to shifting to, this is where I deserve to be, this is where I want to go. So I want to run towards that, right? And if I want to go up that mountain, are these tools that I've acquired over the years going to help me get there? Or is this way of doing, thing, doing things that I've done in the past that have got me up those other mountains? Can I now use this to get there? or do I need to shift? Do I need to change my habits? right? Habits are going to take six to eight weeks to really change for you to burn those new neural pathways in there. So it's going to take work to do it. But the whole thing, and we use this in the men's work all the time, is if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. So we need to shift that perspective on life has happened to us as opposed to for us. And once we can embrace that, I think your whole vision of what life is really opens up to what life could be.
0: And how do you get there? Like, how do you start being <laughs> like, maybe you're like, oh, uh, you know, yeah, but, like, mine was real bad. Or, or, or maybe you just have this, like, voice in your head where it's like, well, I can't. Like, I am so fucked up from whatever happened to me, my trauma. And like, what do you, how do you help guys even be like, right. you can do this, but like, Oh, I don't know how, what, what, what is the sort of first step or two to get there?
1: Right. I think it's first asking for help, right? Like going to a place where you can, whether it's a men's team or a therapist, if something really traumatic happened to you, you're going to need somebody to work, work with you through that traumatic experience right? And, 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 and therapy is not a, I love therapy. It's like mental fitness for the brain. Right. And I remember this is, you know, my mom, when I told her years ago that I went to therapy, she, she started crying. She goes, what did I do wrong? Right. She didn't do anything wrong. Right. She just, she was in this place of always everything needs to be perfect. She's an amazing mom, but you know, but that was the programming she had, you know, and our parents did the best jobs they did with the tools that they had, right? And again, we're unwinding a lot of these, these, this programming that has happened, right? In order to get there. So how can we now ask for help, right? And not try to go through this alone because there's so many men that I'm sure that are listening to this right now that are suffering and going, I, I just want to be free within myself, right? I want to be, I want to be fulfilled every single day. Well it's gonna take some work. Right. And even some I've watched, you know, a man that has been in the work for 18 years. He went through a really traumatic thing as a child. You know, again, you know, uh, 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 something that he would never wish on anybody, you know, and he has kids and he had this really this life that just wasn't getting him where he wanted to go. Scarcity issues. um, uh, His relationship is really messed up. I is just getting by with work every single month. And when he did the work, and I was the one to to finally say, "You need to go and deal with this situation that you've never dealt with," and I had to get real with him. And I actually found him a good friend of mine who's a, who's a therapist that deals with with trauma. And he finally called her and started going to her. I, it's given me chills because within a year's time, not only is his marriage like completely turned around right? He found this incredible job that he's, he's been in for the past six months. He's gonna. I talked to him the other day. He's going to be out of debt in a month. And he's put a down payment on a new Tesla. I mean, he's happy. If two of his sons are in college now. I mean, he's just like, he is transformed because he finally got to look at that one situation that he dealt with, that he never dealt with for 18 years. Even though he had all these amazing men around him, you know, and he did some great things, and he's just a lovable, heart-open person. There was one thing he needed to look at. And when he found that programming that he was making decisions based upon that, a lot of things have shifted for him in his life. And it's just amazing to see. So the some mm-hmm. the, the, the of it is get help. Like, really go with the people. Like, get, get free of whatever you're holding on to. Because I guarantee there's, there's a ton of us out there more than you know that have been through a similar situation that you've been through.
0: So. Yeah, I love how you said that. It wasn't like, well, you know, maybe you can go get help and it's okay. It was just like, get help, like obviously. And it, I love that it's got to that point where, you know, like you said, your mother going like, oh no, I've screwed up. What's wrong? Like, why did you go? Because that's, you only go to therapy if you're you're screwed up or broken or right. whatever. Like, that's just right. not the case. So let's just right. make it like very clear. I, if you couldn't understand already by just the way Chris said that, like get help. Like, obviously <laughs> there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, why would you do this thing? You don't have the tools. Nobody taught you. How could you possibly? be expected to do this yourself like it makes no sense and yet this culture that we're in all of these uh programmings that we get as men growing up is just like if you get help you're weak whatever and it's like no that is so stupid get the help you need join a group of men like get people to reflect upon you so that you can actually do the things like you need to do to get help um is there anything that you hear from men who still don't want to get help, then it's like, okay, here's how we can actually get them to like believe in the power of this. Or even men who come to you as a coach mm-hmm. and client, like wh- what are the common ways that men are like, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I can go there. And that you help them see like, no, we can actually do amazing work.
1: Well, I, you know, that's a great question. And, and, you know, one of the things I've learned as a coach is they're going to get there when, when they decide to get there right and and cuz i used to want it more for them than and than they wanted it for themselves and all is, i think the best way to enroll is to share stories the best is to not tell them that you need to do this now or you're going to do blah blah men don't want to hear that they put up this armor this defense and and go no you can't tell me what to do but it's it's sharing stories of hey this is where I was or this is where this person was and and through going and and talking about these emotions these feelings these things that keep us locked down um, they were able to get free right if you, if you if you are burying shame and guilt and you're not talking about it it's growing in power when you let that shame and guilt out shame being i'm fucked up guilt being i fucked up right i I, right, so shame is I am, right, my whole being is, guilt is I did something wrong, sorry, guilt is I did something wrong, so when you keep those things within yourself, a little bit of guilt's okay because it keeps us on the right track, not a ton, but you let that out and there's a freedom that starts to diminish in power, right, and we don't want to hold that anymore, we want to be able to speak about it, and by the way, There is a story that all of you have to tell that that could save another person, right? And some of you I know are just like, I can't do this. But once you tell your story, you're being that example, you're stepping into that leadership role, right? I think leadership now is about being vulnerable, having the courage to be vulnerable. It's not what we see today out in the world, right? That everything is perfect and dandy and I'm making X amount of dollars, so look at me, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's truly digging into yourself and going, you know what? I'm going to share my story, but I'm going to come from sharing my story from an ownership place, not from a victim place. If you can come from that ownership place, this happened for me, as opposed to victim, your whole trajectory again starts to, to open up and you start to really step into that leader that you that, that you are, I think we all have it within us.
0: I agree, 100% agree. And one of the things, as you touched on responsibility again, there, um, I like to tell guys, and I shared this on Instagram, email, like most of the guys I talk to, is that it's not your fault. And by by it's not your fault, I mean all the things that happen to you, all the bad things, the trauma that you hold on. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. You know, and, and separating fault and responsibility, I think, is a very freeing concept because I, I, I personally had a lot of shame, like this must be because I'm bad, and a lot of guilt because this must be because I did something as a child that yeah. made people not love me. And that was my story, and so separating that, like, okay, these things happen to me, and it's not my fault. But again, now that I know they're happening for me, I can take responsibility to move away from those or to change my habits. So I, I love just that focus on responsibility. Ability. And I wonder if any of these will hit. So so tell me if not, but I would love to hear if you have any particular practices for self-work, inner healing work on like anger or anxiety mm. or depression. And I'd love like if any of those come up, if you're like, oh, yeah, I did this or I've worked with people on this uh, to share those. Does anything come up for anger, for example? Like if I, I struggle with anger a lot as, yeah. a, as a young dad. Like I was angry. I was mean. I was scary. So if I'm like a guy listening and I'm like really fucking angry, and I don't know what to do for the work. any Does anything come up with like where to start?
1: I, I think it's, uh, first of all, I, I had a, the worst, you know, Italian Catholic temper too growing up. I mean, I would just rage and scream and I would turn, I would forget things. That's how mad I would get, you know? But I think, first of all, and there's a number of things you can do to look at that anger, right? First, uh, anger is covering up for sadness, uh, uh, something within ourselves that that we just don't want the world to see. So why don't we put anger on top of that to protect our our being, so to speak, right? So beneath that is is where we got to dig to, right? Beneath that is the sadness, is is the depression, is is all of that that we that that is where the freedom lies if we're able to look within that emotion, right? So meditation practice is an amazing one. I think you just put a meditation on today onto your Instagram site, right? But you don't have to start off for a long period of time. It can be five minutes, but it's sitting with yourself and being still, right? You can do box breathing, which I'm sure some of your guests have done, which the Navy SEALs use, um, full on holotropic breath work, which we both are a part of, which by the way, meant, uh, the Navy seals are now using this breath work practice in their training to eliminate any, unresolved trauma that that is there right um uh, you're letting this yell out this scream in the middle of it some of us I, that's the way i teach it to 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 get that the layers to get those layers peeled off it's really important that that we are able to express those things because when we breathe and we breathe that deeply we have stuck trauma or stuck emotions in us right and they say the issues are in the tissues so if we're able to go into that and feel the feels, have the courage to feel the feels, right? I, I love when people cry now. I used to be a sympathetic crier. I was a really super sensitive kid. And, and I built up this armor and this athletic ability and this what I thought it was to be a man over the years. And it wasn't until I joined the men's team that I was able to break that down and see that through reflection. Right, And part of the breathing and the feeling of those emotions brought that sensitive kid back Right, that, that I wanted. It wasn't about here, I can hammer everything and take care of it all myself. But that's when the anger started to subside, when I started to feel those feelings and I started to allow myself to, to be sad. I remember coming out here 20 years ago, giving myself permission for the first time, I'm sad today. And that's okay. I'm not weak, I'm just sad. Right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not stopping, I'm not going to go sit and eat a, you know, a, a, a pint of ice cream or drink a case of beer or whatever the case may be. But I'm just going to give myself permission for a few hours to be sad. And that's okay. Right? It's, it's in underneath those layers of anger, having the courage to go into there. If you want to talk about being a true warrior in life, right? I want you to feel your feels. I want you to go into those places that most don't dare to. And then you're gonna see the light. Your life unfold in a big way.
0: So, man, that is so on point. I love that. That fires me up so much. Like you want to be a big, strong guy. You want to do right. the toughest things. And this happened to me in a breathwork session. To be quite honest, like I'm. I think we yeah. talked a lot about in this podcast about breathwork. I had my teacher Amanda on uh, to talk about you know the breath, breathing process that we do. And I was in a session. And I was like, I don't really want to feel these things. Like, I'm judging myself. This is all coming up. And the facilitator's like, Do strong men do hard things? And I was like, Well, yeah. And she's like, What could be harder than feeling your feelings? And I was like, Fuck. Like, <laughs> oh man, that is so, yeah. so good. So you need courage. Yeah. It's not weak, it's the farthest thing from weak. So, man, you're right. thing. And you're like, Oh, I don't want to feel my feelings. Like, man up. You know, I don't say yeah. that. I never say that. But when it comes to your feelings, Be tough, be a warrior, because man, that is where the stuff happens.
1: It's where the new man, it's the new modern masculine man, right? It's modern masculinity. It's not the stuff we were taught. It's a different kind, it's not this new age, soft, sensitive type of guy stuff. It's 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 stepping in and being the man you're supposed to be, that you were you were put on this earth to be, so that your kids don't have to do this really hard work that you're doing, that they can thrive, that you're being the example for them right? And, and, and I love going in, you know, even to companies and organizations that, that and showing them that this is, this is a new paradigm. If you want to change the culture of your company, right, this is the way to do it, is, is getting them to breathe, is getting them to, to, to really feel the feel so that you're, you're coming from the right side of the brain. You're coming from the more Jedi, sage place of the brain, literally we can take, we can look at the gray matter move if we had an MRI scan, you know, you come from survival, from judgment and left side of the brain to sage, Jedi, compassion, innovation, action, all of that is what we wanna eventually shift towards by burning those new neuropathways and getting people to come from that space. I mean, that's, that's the, the beauty
0: of this. Yeah, and I'm glad you said it's not that sort of like weak man that we've been growing up with, at least in my generation. Um, I had uh, a man named Isaac Kodak on um, a couple weeks ago, and he has this Hero Rise masculine archetype deck. And it's like a it's a great way to just like deal with the archetypes and make it very very real for men. and what he was saying is there was this reaction in like the 90s-ish to the 50s stoic man and it was then this very like effeminate soft man and what I'm seeing now is that as we get into modern times we're almost like we had a pendulum one side was this like hardcore stoic feel no feelings smoke a cigar in the waiting room don't talk to your kids no eye contact and then we were like oh well let's not be like that at all because it was so damaging but then we lost this Masculine edge, and like, where is right. the masculinity? And so, what I'm seeing now is like a lot of men are now shifting back into the center where they can access both sides of that masculine, um, sort of pendulum, but from a place of grounded intention rather right. than like having to be one way or another. And I think that's a lot what we're talking about here is like find your core, find your groundedness so that you can access the entire range because it is a right. range. Sometimes, right. you know, different situations are for different um actions, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, you know, and just to speak upon that, you know, I think men we're looking for intimacy and not intimacy. I thought intimacy was one thing growing up, you know, it was sex. And that's that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about getting to have these deep, really heartfelt conversations that that with everyone in your life not let's just talk about sports and you know we're going to go drinking tonight but let's let's really have these deep in-depth conversations i think so many so many of us are missing that in our lives and we don't even know it there's an unfulfillment that we have that's 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 we can't access but it's having that ability to talk about the hard things and going to that place where I see you and you see me and, 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 and sharing that brotherhood, you know, that, that's what this is all about.
0: intimacy. Yeah. That, that reminds me, the intimacy piece reminds me that I think it was David Stegman, another guest on the show who said, mm-hmm. um, men are craving deep connections and intimacy, but there are a few invitations. And I just went like, oh yeah, that's exactly right. Because like, when was the last time you saw a buddy and you're just like, Hey man, how are you, how are you doing right now? And just listening and just saying like, Hey, I see you. I'm here for you. Like, yeah, it doesn't happen. And yet we're all looking for that. And that's usually why bad things happen because we don't know how to do that healthily. Their fear, their fear of being judged. It's like, what are you talking
1: yeah. about, dude? Yeah. Maybe this person isn't, they're looking at you going, okay, well, what's wrong with him? Well, no, what's wrong with you? We want to have these deep, <laughs> these deep things. I just want to hold space. I want to listen to you. Right. And that's all we want is just to be heard, to be seen, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I want to I shift gears just a little bit and go into one of the questions I had for you, um, which was about passing things on from our parents as fathers and how to identify those things and how to become more intentional. Because uh, I talked to so many guys who are like, I swore I wasn't going to be like my father and either mm-hmm. I'm exactly like him or like I'm the complete opposite to such a degree that it actually is damaging So can you just talk about your ideas behind like how to identify those, how to not pass those things on and just like how to live your own life? Well, yeah, I
1: think first and foremost, it's, it's, I said this a little earlier, but it's the acceptance of who your parents are and, and knowing that they did the best job with the tools that they had. So I'll give you an example. You know, my father, um, lost his mom when he was a teenager, he was the only child Right He went through this really traumatic thing. His dad basically just just gave him money to live and bought him a car when he was old enough, and this and that, and he just never had any way of processing these emotions. He was very introverted. he never had a chance to to really feel you know later in life we, we I lost a younger sister, his daughter, you know, and so he had that to process too so he 's had this this these losses that nobody taught him how to grieve right he's been overweight he 's an alcoholic he 's still alive you know, still dealing, battling with alcoholism, you know, and I got to a point where I just had to accept him and love him for who he was. You know, I got a chance to thank my dad for, for all of the gifts that he's given me, you know, all the lessons that he's given me, right? I think we get to a point when we can really thank our dads for the jobs that they have done. Then we prepare them for death. We prepare them for where they need to go to, to know that's all they want to do is know that they did a great job. Right. And, and same thing with, with mothers, right? Like I'm more like my mom's personality, right? She's very extroverted. She's a pleaser. She's, you know, wants everything to be perfect. Wants to do it all on her own. You know, she's, I'm more like my mom, but what I realized, you know, I came to terms with who she was as well. And, and the amazing loving person that she is and the hard, you know, upbringing she had and having eight brothers and sisters and, you know, all of this. But she gave so much to us unconditionally, as much as she could, that again, it's the acceptance and thank you, mom, for what you have given me. Now, what is my soul here to do, right? You, I grew up in a situation in a town that I, you know, I wouldn't, I, at the time I was like, I wish I would lived here. I wish I was a little more privileged if we had more money, if it wasn't so rough, if I didn't have so many problems, you know, if I didn't, you know, get in fights all the time or get bullied and then eventually learned how to fight and, you know. None of that. I grew up exactly where I needed to grow up and I'm so happy I did that. So it's that acceptance of now going, where do I want to go? Right? Like we're looking at these situations and, and having compassion for what they did and how they did it. Right? Whether it's uncles, mothers, fathers, you know, whoever it was, they gave us the best they could. And if we can truly believe that, then we can start to move on and go, you know what? This is where I want to go. This is the path that I'm going to carve in my life. And, and, and that's that. And then when I carve this path, my son and my daughter are going to be that much better off because I did the work on myself. They watched me do it on a regular basis. And, and, and that's all I can do is leave here, leave this place better than I found it. And that's what I'm looking to do.
0: Yeah, you're you're touching on there. I think like a lot of uh, men's work with father wounds yeah. and mother wounds, yeah. and and healing and forgiveness. And it's so interesting that you say that because um, what I what I'm taking from this is that you almost have to look at your relationship as a child before you can then look at your intentional way of being as a father. Does that sound true to you? Like you got to do that work as forgiving and like thanking your parents before you you do the like the fatherhood stuff.
1: Well, I think the thanking comes from success. Once you reach a level, it's hard to do it just right away. You know, the, first you're doing the work and then there's a level of success you, we, you want to take. At least this is where um, we took from Sterling anyway. He had, he had a, you know, I'm not giving the weekend away, but it's, it's being able to thank from a level of succeeding first. And once you get into that place of, hey, I've reached a certain point in my life. Now I can look at my parents and go, wow, okay you wouldn't have reached this place without them without these hard situations that they came into like thank you for not only the the direct lessons you gave me but the indirect lessons you gave me right those indirect lessons i think a lot of people still have a hard time getting their heads around you know if my dad didn't take care of himself or he drank too much well guess what or he buried his emotions you know he did that that's fine you know but i'm accepting you but you know what i'm going to talk about my emotions I'm going to take care of myself, right? That's the choice I need to make. I don't have to live his life. I can do what I want to do and what my soul is calling for me to do.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some good reminders in here and there's meditations, there's men's group weekends, there's sterling weekends, like you said, where you can go into all this sort of healing work too. And and some of it requires anger and judgment. (laughs) Like, that's yeah. been my experience. It took me a long time to forgive and and then thank my own parents because right. I felt so much anger towards right. them and like, oh, wow well, why didn't you do this? And it was that victim mindset. But like you're saying, as soon as I was able to be like, these are all yeah. gifts, like yeah. where our darkest shadows are often are the wellsprings of our greatest gifts. 100%. So if you look into your life and you're like, man, I am so good at X, Y, Z, it's because like probably you had a, like a really dark part on the opposite flip side of yeah. that coin So I I just love that, man. There's so so much work that people can do here. 100%. Yeah,
1: the shadow. Go into the shadow and that's where the freedom lies. It really is.
0: Yeah, and, and you just said son and daughter, and it reminded me of my other question, which is like, there must be a difference between raising boys and girls. And I get asked this question a <laughs> lot. And I don't know. Like, I only yeah. have sons. They only come in like one yeah. flavor. They're little, yeah. you know, blonde boys. But like, can you go into the difference that you've seen yeah. raising a son and raising a daughter? And like, how do we yeah. navigate that? <laughs>
1: it's funny. You know, they say, um, no, there's so many different good terms, but um, you prepare your son for life by challenging him. And you become the, the, the man you would want her to marry, right? So become that man you would want her to marry, right? And you're challenging your son in a way that's getting him ready for life. You're not here trying to be his, his best friend. Even though we share you know, our surf sessions together, or we go out mountain biking, and we do these and have these talks, when it comes down to it, I'm holding boundaries and, and preparing actually them both for life, right? If I'm not holding those boundaries, they're not feeling safe, right? They don't, we have a friend, one of his good friends, you know, the parents are super loose on the boundaries all the time. You know, they say they're gonna do something, they don't follow up with it. You know, they're a lot younger than us. We're a little bit older parents um, than, than the norm in our neighborhood. But you see the difference in the way that he acts, his friend acts out all the time. Right, because those boundaries aren't there. And I actually had a conversation with him about this. I go, Do you see why we're holding these boundaries up for you? Right, because I know that makes you feel safe, that we're here for you, that when you get, when you leave home in maybe three years, right, that you're ready for what life is going to present to you, right? You're ready for those challenges. And at the same time, I'm not trying to hold my daughter back, who's a super spirited, super spirited, like, she's challenged, challenging us every step of the way, but so loving at the same time. I'm not going to stop her flow of energy. I'm going to be the riverbanks to her river. I'm going to let her flow and I'm just going to guide her down this, this white water that she's in. There's no doubt she is going to be, she is a powerhouse, but she will be a force. And I'm going to make, I'm, I want to be there just, just guiding in the right way. Cause no matter what I say, they're going to, They're going to get to a point where they're both probably going to challenge me or say F you and whatever the case may be. But when that happens, I want to know that I did the best job I could and prepared them the best
0: way I knew how to prepare them for. That is such a beautiful statement. Riverbanks to her river. Oh, that just captures it, man. Mm -hmm. What about um, becoming a parent to a teenager? How has Uh, that sort of shown up in your life and challenged you along the way as a dad? This is crazy. You know, especially a teenage
1: boy right now. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic, so having this um this these these, you know, I remember having uh, in puberty having um uh, uh thoughts, right? Where that I had to go to confession to like 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 sexual thoughts, right? And, oh, I thought about that. I'm not I'm wrong. I have to go to confess this to the priest. I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? Like this is what it is growing up. Like these boys are going through puberty. They have hormones. I'm not going to try to like pretend that it's, it's, it's not happening. So having these conversations around, you know, protection and respecting the women as if you would respect your, your mother, your sister. We, we talk about all the time, you know, like he, he would say something about one of his friends, you know, all sleeping around too much. And, da, 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 da. and you know, I was like, well, did you ever have a conversation with him about that? You know, and what that is and how he could be hurting these girls. And he goes, no, I, and he, eventually he did. And then we just had a conversation the other day with this other mom who has teenage boys, 18, 17, and 14, around the Me Too movement. Even now, we have to be really careful. And I just talked to him about this the other day after we get out of the water surfing. And I was like, you know, you got to be really, you, you, you have it in, people are going to have it in for you. If you're not extremely, careful and you ask for permission. Like you got to be clear. If you're going to go in for a kiss or a touch, whatever, be clear, ask for permission, be respect. Don't pretend it's not there. Cause I had a friend literally, um, growing up who would, you know, he was sleeping around all the time through high school, through college. He eventually got into, um, he went to prison for rape, multiple rape charges. Right. And, and I told him that I was like, Buddy, this this stuff really happens. You know, and it could have been I don't think it, I think it was date rape, but it doesn't matter. You're you're responsible and you need to be careful with where you're at. Respect these women, ask for permission, right? And he even had this one this this thing that he told us about where, you know, this girl was was kissing. He was like, "No, I I'm I'm done." And he, he literally was just like, you know, put the boundary up and was like, "I'm walking out of here." I was like, "I'm really proud of you for for knowing that you know, this isn't just about, you know, fooling around. There's, there's actual respect that you got to have for yourself and for the women that are around you. So I go, and I tell them all the time, I'm really proud of the man you are, you are right now and becoming.
0: So keep up the great work. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, Man, big conversations. And how else do you have those conversations? Like, I, pr- I presume that it sounds like you're super open with him. But when it comes mm-hmm. to things like sex and drugs and all the rest of that kind of stuff, like, for me, I had, like, one conversation when I was, like, 10 or 12 or something like that. And and that was it. Then it was, like, you're on your own. Me too. And, me I, too. like, especially these days, I don't want – like, I had to learn, you know, the hard way through, you know, the internet and friends and all the rest. But it wasn't, like, as insidious it is, as it is these days. Right. Like, I don't want my kids learning it through TikTok because I'm, like – scared to have that conversation so what do those other conversations look like and like how do you have a respectful conversation where they actually listen to you rather than like okay dad whatever
1: well i think (laughs) they're so uncomfortable you know no matter what just men women whoever's listening to this they they are i mean i was uncomfortable i remember my mom did the same thing when i was a teenager i'm gonna sit you down and have this really awkward conversation i was just like oh get me out of here and so it it comes in bits and pieces. You know he'll he'll bring things up, and we'll just kind of go there and 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 talk to him about certain things, and just be like, okay, be on the lookout for this, um, you know, condoms, this and that, you know, whatever STDs, um, pregnancy. You know, this could happen to you right now, and if you're not careful, then you're going to get into this situation, right? So, I think what I would give the advice I would give is is, is Keep it in segments. It doesn't have to be this one big awkward conversation. But when you see the openings happen, when they start to bring things up or hint around, you know, ask them questions. What do you think about that? What do you know this to be, right? And then go, well, actually, this is this, and you might have heard it this way, or maybe send them articles, right? Because they're gonna they're gonna learn so much, especially now that they all have phones, they're already on it. But just be there to to. to to guide them and, and be open to them, right? Cause they want to talk about this, right? They want to be, they don't want to have to walk up to you and go, this, this happened. And I think both my wife and I have been really, really open with these talks. You know, we share some of the things that that we have gone through and, and that gives them permission to go to, to talk to us. So, you know, again, it doesn't have to be a big thing, Always keep it in the dialogue. And the more they talk about it, the easier it gets. The more we're able to talk about it, the easier it gets.
0: So. Mm, right. Okay. And, and I'm just curious have you gone through, or are you planning on going through, like an in- initiation or rite of passage for your son? How do you think about that, if at all?
1: Well, you know, I, I think about that all the time because, you know, going through these weekends, they were an initiation for us, right? And, you know, I've been, been a part of leading a lot of these weekends too. So, you know, yes, the answer is yes. Do I know exactly what that is yet? No, <laughs> I want to, you know, especially during COVID, there were these boys weekends and this and that, and that, that kind of got shut down. We are working on currently working on creating a new weekend right now. There may be one to, uh, that that comes off of that, that might be a boys weekend. Um, but I think it's really important just to Initiate him in some way, shape, or form. Have him go through these, these, these challenging things to meet himself. Um, you know, take him through these breathwork sessions, whatever the case may be. Because it's it's really it's really sad to to see people so lost and to want to be accepted into, into the society and, 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 and what is truly being a man all about. And, you know, fortunately we got an opportunity to go through that multiple times and, uh, and it was really kind of, it, it set us into our power, so to speak. And so there, there is, I got my eyes out and if not, I'm going to create something, you know, not just for him, but for all the the teenagers that are coming up that that need this. They really need to feel like they're a part of something so they don't have to go through it and go through these hard times alone in their 30s and 40s or 50s or however old you are.
0: The next question about having a teenage son is how else are you preparing him for, for manhood? Like one of the things I was talking to a guest, Nikki Wilkes, he runs Journeymen, which is like this amazing organization that helps men and young men do initiatory rites of passages and have these right. weekends together. Uh, but one of the things he said was like, we are missing in this modern culture, um, the sense of village or community. And one of the greatest things for young boys is to have like other men speak into their lives. So uh, are you guys doing anything like that? Does he have activities or mentors or anything like that? Do you, how do you think about it?
1: Well, we have a whole... My whole community right now is has been a part of... I mean, the men are now on a men's team. We were part of a whole division before, but now we created our own men's team. Um, he was, in younger ages, on a boys' team that we created based on this. So he's had that exposure. Um, you know, he is working at the age of 15. He works at a surf shop, which, is, which I'm really proud of him for taking that initiative and making his own money now. Um, but... But yes, I if when I jump on something, when something comes out that I'm like, this is the right time for you to do it, for you to go to this weekend or week long, whatever the case may be, then absolutely I'm going to put them there, and maybe I'll even look into you know the, the journeyman or something like that. But um, this is something we've been talking about because they all have boys, not 15, but they're all younger. So this is a topic that that we are talking are, are discussing on a regular basis so um jake my son will probably be the first one to do it within our community and you know and and, and he has all his you know kind of uncles within this community so to speak so uh when when that happens we'll have to i'll, I'll have to come back on and i'll see tell you how that goes so yeah
0: no I I love that he's got that just through you like through Mm -hmm. your friendship so the importance of men the fathers having the relationships bringing other men around and that's what we're trying to do as well like I have had a hard time in my life making friends moved around a ton as a kid and it's just like no legacy friends and so it's been a lot of work now to through my men's organizations and things like that get friends and just having guys over including the kids in the conversations like that can be enough if that's all you've got and just like Yeah. yeah bringing them into all things. And like, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, January 1st. We do like a polar plunge in the ocean. Oh yeah! Last year he's like, Oh, do I want to go? And I was like, no, you can if you want. So he like stuck his head in and he's like, Oh, I kind of did it. And this year I'm like, you're coming, man. Yeah. Like you yeah, are, yeah, you know, he's going to be yeah. almost nine. It's like, you're plunging with us. So bringing them around men is so, so important. And it's something that, you know, I just feel for my own self. Like I wish I had more of, right. make me feel more grounded. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he, you know, it's funny. He's, he actually takes cold showers every day. He's nice. that where he, he jumps in. He's before school. He takes it every single day. So, and, and I love that. If not, he's in the ocean. It's pretty chilly right here, right now. So beautiful. Um, that's good parenting. Man. Know, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm shocked. Cause I didn't force it on him. I was just like, Hey, try this. And he just loves how it wakes him up and makes him feel. It's really, really beneficial. But our entire hey, community it. too, I was going to say, we all do. We all do the work. You know, we're a part of journey work, you know, do plant medicine, that really kind of really keeps us connected and together. And, and, and bringing them into it someday is going to be, um, I think, vital because of what it's given us and how it's connected us in our community. It's been um, um, a life-changing thing, not only for our community, but for my wife and I in helping us really connect in this, this deep spiritual level, unlike, you know, unlike some other marriages, I think we now have a spiritual partnership, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I hear guys talk about that sometimes too, and not enough, but like having fatherhood as a spiritual discipline, but also a relationship. And I mean, for me, I, I, we're sort of just getting to that phase because for a long time it was sort of good. And we like to say, you know, we kind of trauma bonded originally. We Mm -hmm. were really young Mm -hmm. and our sort of wounds connected, but we've been able to grow at the same sort of pathway on the same pathway, mm-hmm. I should say. And now it's like this other level to like experience life and experience the cosmos and experience my heart. And man, that is just like so beautiful to hear that it's like a spiritual thing for you guys and doing plant medicines and stuff like that, which I'm a huge proponent of. And, yeah. um, I, I talked about it very briefly on a podcast a little while ago with Ben Goreski, Um, but highly recommend doing stuff like that responsibly and with a guide, uh, 100%. when you're going to do that. Um, the, what I was just going to think, what I was just going to ask, I should say is like, how do you build community? Like, I know you've been in the work a long time, so it's like, probably happens just like putting yourself out there. But if I'm a guy and I don't really have like any community around me, and this is sounding like really rejuvenating, where do you start? Do you have any tips for like Mm. how to build communities like that? Uh,
1: yeah, well, like for me, you know, becoming part of, uh, just, just listening and, and watching and seeing men that might have something that you might want, and and what I mean by that is like, wow, there's something really unique about that man. There's something re- that 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 and I don't, I can't put words on it, but what is that, right? And so, when I started seeing that from some clients and and talking to some of their their wives, which I knew prior to meeting them. It was like I got a chance to really know who they are, and it was I think taking that chance and going, hey, let's let's have a conversation, right? Get into relationship with people and have the courage to get into a conversation and just say, hey, do you got a couple minutes to go for coffee, go for a beer, go for, you know, dinner, whatever the case may be, you know, tell me about some of the work you've been doing, right? then it's like that invitation naturally opens up. And I I think as humans, we really want to be there for one another. You know, we really do. It's not about being a burden. And I think, you know, being a recovering, asking for help uh, (laughs) person as you were, man, as you were too. When you ask, people really want to help right? It's not, you're not being a burden on them, right? We want to be in service. It's our into, we just want to help. That's part of it. So know that if somebody was to come to you and say, hey, I I love what you have. Can you, you know, would you like to have a conversation? Chances are, you'd probably say yes, right? Go after it, do some research. There's tons of stuff out there for you to go after and, and, and be a part of, But have the courage to do it, right? Don't just go, well, there's nothing in my neighborhood. There's nothing in my city. It's there. We we got the internet at our fingertips. How many Zoom calls can you be on, right? Just get into action and and the universe will deliver. Maybe not in the way that you expected, but what the universe responds to is action, deliberate action. So get into it and start just getting a little uncomfortable because that's where the change is going to
0: occur. Hmm, that's you know what? That's a perfect place to leave it even though I would love to go for like hours like we were just saying uh, I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up there on that action highlight because men, it's all your responsibility. No matter whether you like that's it or right. not, you're the only one who's going to be able to make your life any better So take action. <laughs> uh Chris, what do you do? How do you help men and where yeah. can people find that help?
1: Yeah. No, thank you. Uh like I said, I'm a conscious performance coach. I work with uh, individuals, I work with teams, uh, I work with, you know, companies, or just you name it, to really help people really find that connection within themselves, to get uncomfortable, to get into action and run towards what they want in life, um, as opposed to running away from what they don't want. Because I think if you can switch that paradigm and 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 disrupt our old way of being, uh, man, like I said, a bunch of times, I mean, the world is is right there for you. You, just, you know, you're ready to step into your power right there. Um, my website's chrisplord.com. I think it's in the show notes. Uh, coach At Coach Chris Plourd is my IG. Um, yeah, okay. I, it's discovery calls. If you're looking to just kind of... Dig in a little more and have a quick conversation about what this could be. I got some courses coming out um, and a bunch of you know weekends and like I said, we're working on a bunch of great things for 2022. So I'm excited to share it with with the men of the of the world
0: and the women. We, so <laughs> amazing man well this has been like a week connected sort of randomly uh, getting podcast guests and it was just like okay i'm gonna see how this goes but man i gotta tell you i am feeling fired up now i really really Love enjoy that. connecting with you and i appreciate that you shared so vulnerably so thank you man
1: ah thanks so much kurt really appreciate you having me on thank you
0: That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world. To find out more about everything that we talked about in the episode today, including show notes, resources, and links to subscribe, leave a review, work with us, go to dad.work/slash pod. That's da dw slash pod. Type that into your browser, just like a normal URL dad.work/slash pod. You'll find everything there you need to become a better